Hey, welcome to this episode of Appalachian Shine. This is the official podcast for the Foundation for Appalachian Advancement. This is J.C. Swingruber, and today we're joined by the uh, Bristol Mayor, um, Bristol, Virginia, Mayor Bill Hartley. Hey, thanks again, uh, Mayor, for coming back on the show. You were you were on earlier in the spring when COVID hit to give us an update, and uh, and we're back again today. How's everything going in Bristol? It's uh. I think we're doing as well as we can, uh, given the circumstances right now, and uh, I appreciate you uh, giving me this opportunity to come back on again, Jason. Well, there's been a whole Always great. There's been a whole lot of news going on in Bristol. Uh, first of all, congratulations on the election, because when we talked before, you were vice mayor, I believe. Is that what the title you had then? Uh, yeah, if we talked before July 1, uh, every first of july the council reorganizes itself and usually the vice mayor moves to mayor and we try to rotate that through so uh okay. probably now uh, yeah i'm now mayor so well, well congratulations on that and congratulations on a big win this this fall because it looks like uh bristol is going to be uh, the home of the hard rock hotel and casino um yes tell us a well, little bit I mean, oh go ahead sorry no, I'll let, let you start. But um, yeah, that's exciting news. It is very exciting. And I guess for uh, folks who are listening who may not be familiar with how all this came about, can you give us a little history of when Bristol started looking to um, become this cultural hub and have the casino come in and, and how this all came about? Yeah, so it uh, started, I guess, um, two years ago. Uh, you know, uh, of course, what had happened before was the, the location they're looking at is um, used to be uh, the Bristol Mall. And over the um, last decade or so, you know, large retailers like uh, Belk, JCPenney had moved out. Some of the smaller shops, there was just a handful of shops still in there. And uh, the mall had been sold a couple of times. People that thought they might be able to, to resurrect uh, retail or something else and uh, the last time it was sold uh, a local uh, businessman uh, Clint Stacy who uh, from Southwest Virginia had made uh, uh, very uh, his business uh, along with coal and um, you know had an idea to do different things there was looking at maybe having it as some kind of warehouse or industrial space uh, but the more he thought of this uh, he uh, along with uh, the other person uh, locally that's involved, uh, Jim McLaughlin, who, um, uh, again, had, had, um, from Southwest Virginia, had, had done very well in the coal industry, uh, head of uh, United Coal or United Companies, um, talked about, you know, what would be really good for Bristol would be uh, to uh, try to go to the General Assembly and uh, get them to change the law to allow casino gambling and make this a casino because, and I can talk about the, the benefits of this later, but they call this, as Jim said, it's a moonshot for Bristol and Southwest Virginia to create jobs, to bring investment here, to keep people here. And so they came up with this idea, uh, started talking to uh, myself and the other members of city council to, to get see what we thought, get our support, uh, probably in um, September of uh, 2018, I think we um, went on record, had a 
resolution supporting this. The Chamber of Commerce supported it. And then it went to the General Assembly in 2019. Uh, they uh, enacted a, a bill uh, which had two things uh, for casinos. It limited it to four, five locations in, in Virginia, uh, Bristol, Dan, Danville, uh, Portsmouth, Norfolk, and Richmond, but they also had to go back and do a uh, study. JLARC did uh, joint legislative audit review committee uh, about the revenues that might come in, so the state could figure out, you know, at what rate to tax that and and what to do with the revenues, and then it would have to be reenacted by the legislature, uh, which they did in uh, this past spring in 2020. Uh, uh, and then one of the components all along through this was that um, rather than uh, the legislators in Richmond telling communities what they want to do, they wanted it to be uh, by local referendum. So uh, after uh, the legislature did that this spring, uh, we put out, of course, they had already announced a partnership with Hard Rock, had, had asked for uh, proposals from any uh, gambling operator. Hard Rock was the only one to uh, respond. So they were our preferred operator. We petitioned the court uh, for the referendum. And uh, then this November, we had the referendum, which passed uh, about 70, 71% in Bristol. It passed in all four of the localities that had one. Richmond didn't have one, but uh, ours was by far the highest. And so, uh, you know, now it's working with uh, the United Company, Park Ventures, which is, is the owner of the model, Claude Stacy's company, and the Hard Rock to kind of, uh, you know, move this project forward uh, as expeditiously as possible. Yeah, I was uh, really surprised to see just – uh, on the vote of the referendum, how high it was. I, I mean, it wasn't even close. 71% uh, were, were in favor of bringing this. Yeah, and, you know, uh, people would ask me before, you know, like, how, how how's it polling? I'm like, I, I don't know if they're polling anything. I can tell you what people taught me, uh, told me. And uh, a lot of this, uh, you had people that, that saw some of the immediate benefits, the, uh, the jobs it would create. <clears throat> Uh, the revenues that would come back to the city that could be used to, to, to do a lot of different things to improve city services. Um, you know, there was a group uh, that were against it, mostly uh, for uh, moral reasons, and I completely understand that. Uh, and in fact, uh, along the way, uh, myself, uh, other city community leaders have, have tried to listen to their concerns and, and as we move forward to try to, to address some of the issues they brought up. Uh, but, um, you know, I kind of felt pretty good, but I did not think it would, you know, 70% was definitely higher than what, if you would have asked me uh, at the end of October how I felt this would have went. It was a lot higher. And I think that just shows that the community saw the benefits they really want this and uh, i think it'll be good for not just bristol but uh, all of southwest virginia all of northeast tennessee going forward yeah before we started uh, the uh, the show today you and i were talking about how it could kind of transform the landscape there in bristol and make bristol 
a cultural and maybe an artistic hub too because of some of the um, musical acts that would come through because of the casino that normally wouldn't. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, that's one thing. I think one of the things that really helped, there are a lot of things that, that helped this process, but uh, working with Hard Rock, uh, you know, as the, the casino operator, uh, you know, a lot of people, they, they've been to a, a Hard Rock cafe. They might have been to a casino. They at least know the brand and, and understand that. So, um, you know, it, it helped make it a little more certain of what would come here. And, you know, with Hard Rock, they're very excited of the fact that Bristol is known as the birthplace of country music. All of the, the roots of, of bluegrass, traditional country music that's in this area, you know, they see that as something to, uh, to build upon. Uh, but also, it's not just, you know, country music. They have, uh, you know, locations worldwide. Uh, so, and they have relationships with uh, these national touring artists so that you could get, uh, whether it be country or rock or, 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 or hip hop or rap or, you know, national artists that now you would have to go to a concert, say, um, Atlanta or Washington, D.C. Or, or Nashville you know, travel four or five hours from the Tri-Cities to go to see that kind of entertainment. It'll be right here uh, in uh, Bristol, uh, and people will come to the region. They'll, they'll stay. They'll spend money. Uh, but also, it just adds to whatever else is going on here. And one of the things that, that they've talked about is, is building on what is here, um, you know, that from the very beginning in the discussions with uh, Mr. Stacy, Mr. McLaughlin, they talked about, you know, not everybody that the casino resort will be a draw will get people to come to the region, but not everybody wants to spend their entire time gambling. They may come with their family that are looking for other things to do. So how do you get them out and make them aware of all the great resources our region has to offer, whether it be outdoor recreation or, or, uh, the racetrack or, or things, other cultural events like the Barter uh, Theater up in Abingdon. I mean, when you really look at this region, it has a lot to offer. So, you know, people can come here, they'll stay longer, they'll spend more money. Uh, and, you know, now some of these people may even, uh, if they come from uh, uh, larger urban areas we're talking about, they may think, you know, that's a pretty good location. I might want to relocate there because... You know, uh, my job allows me to work from home. I could work anywhere, and, and, and it's a nice area with uh, low cost of living, high quality of life. Uh, maybe we should move. So there's a whole lot of benefits um, from this. Yeah, and we've seen a lot of people move out of um, uh, urban areas, you know, um, New York, Atlanta, uh, all kinds of places, moving back to kind of the roots. And we've seen – uh, I think Appalachia this this year has seen quite a few people moving back. Uh, the thing that they're asking to make sure we have is good broadband. And uh, they're coming back here and working from home and living a simpler life than the things that they were living in the city and at probably a third of the cost. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the thing because you still have these other amenities, like I say, the, the you know, entertainment or things that, that – people get used to in the big city, you still have, you know, a lot of great local restaurants and, and uh, breweries and, 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 
you know, there are three breweries in downtown Bristol, microbreweries, there's a distillery. So, you know, you have that kind of, when you go downtown, that small urban feel, uh, but yet you don't have to spend hours each way in a, sitting in traffic commuting. If you want to get uh, outdoors, you know, in, in a matter of minutes, you can be uh, as isolated as you want in, in, a, in a park or the woods. And so you, you kind of get the best uh, of both worlds, I think. Uh, but uh, I think you're right. I've noticed more and more uh, throughout our region, more and more uh, people are looking to to relocate and and this just helps and it helps us relocate other businesses too because you know again with hard arc you have an internationally known brand that is investing uh you know all the investors together will invest close to uh, half a billion dollars in this project so you know why are they investing in bristol and what what will come out of that and you know, that's where the, the real benefit, they, before uh, the referendum, they had a couple of uh, Saturday, they had uh, two uh, things. They brought executives in from Hard Rock to talk about both uh, opportunities for vendors and employees. And from the vendor side, I mean, they're looking at spending uh, a very conservative, I think they said uh, 50 million dollars or more in just services they know they'll need uh to operate this so that will trickle down and help uh small businesses it'll help entrepreneurs and when you listen to them talk it's not transactional they want to build long-term relationships and they want to try to keep that money in the community uh to benefit the community and so uh that's good to hear and then when they talked about employment they're looking at once everything is fully operational, uh, a couple of thousand jobs that with an uh, average uh, wage of uh, a little over $45,000 a year, uh, which is, you know, good for, for this region. Uh, it'll help uh, keep people here. But, uh, you know, you'll have people moving in, moving out. You know, again, they'll have some of their employees come. Uh, people uh, that are here get jobs. They may stay with Hard Rock for three or four years and decide they want to go somewhere at another Hard Rock location. So, uh, and they're good, like I said, they pay above uh, the median wage and they're not, you know, somebody asked, well, these, you know, would these just be like minimum wage jobs with no benefits? And, and you know, they're clearly, uh, when you listen to that presentation, they spend a lot of time talking about their benefits. Yeah. And again, you can see that uh, I think there'll be a good employer uh yeah, and uh, speaking of that, it's uh, there was an article that I, I found on Casino.org, and you may have read this already. It was written by uh, Devin O'Connor, and I'm just going to read just a just a brief bit of this. I'm not read the whole article, but the part the part that was uh, you know, vital to Bristol. Um, this is under a heading called Bristol's Economic Struggles. Uh, Bristol has endured for decades uh, has endured decades of economic difficulties. The quality uh, for uh, to qualify for a casino under legislation signed by Virginia Governor Ralph Northam earlier this year, cities must have met three standards. They had, must have a reported an unemployment rate of at least 5% in 2018, a poverty rate of at least 20% in 2017, and a population decline of at least 20% between 1990 and 2016. 
And according to the latest quick facts uh, for Bristol issued by the United States Census Bureau, 20.5% of the city's residents were living in poverty last year. Now that that's to me, and I'll just to kind of go off on the side of the article, that to me is kind of, we have a different standard of living and um, expense, expenses here than most places. So that kind of poverty doesn't really translate to what poverty would be somewhere else. But the median household income was just 37,904, which is 30,000, almost 31,000 less than the nationwide average of 68,703. Uh, the developers behind the Hard Rock uh, casino, Hotel and Casino say the casino resort will feature a two-level gaming space, an outdoor entertainment venue with a capacity to hold 20,000 people, uh, an indoor venue with 3,200 seats, seven restaurants, four bars, retail shopping, and a convention and meeting space. And the development will also include a 350-room hotel. Um, and this is part where you mentioned uh, the Hard Rock predicts that the investment will result in 2,000 new jobs with an annual average wage of 45000 per person. That's nearly double the median per person income for a Bristol resident, which the U.S. Census Bureau says was 22900 in 2018. That's a big improvement in, uh, in revenues for 2,000 jobs coming to the city. Yeah, and, and I think that is one of the things that, again, when when it went to the referendum, people clearly uh, it resonated with the residents here. I mean, a lot of people are like, you know, uh, I myself don't gamble, but I want I would love to go eat at some of the restaurants they have, or go see some of the shows and the entertainment. And again, I think that's where Hard Rock really makes it more about entertainment than just gambling. Um, and, you know, from the beginning, uh, that was, you know, the uh, casino part of, of the casino and resort was just a, a small part, but it was part of the draw that gets people here and helps the business model work. But there's a lot uh, more to it. And so I think people realize that. Uh, and, you know, from an economic development standpoint, it'll create jobs up. Uh, when this first came up, I started looking, uh, you know, when you're talking about the number and the, the salary, when Chattanooga first, or uh, Volkswagen first looked at Chattanooga, uh, the move there, you know, they were talking about creating a, a little smaller number of jobs. And I think over time they, they've added more. But their average wage was in the upper 30s. So, you know, this for our region is, is a huge impact. And, you know, that's a, a, it's also a challenge. You know, where do you find enough workers? Because, again, some of these things, there's a lot more than just um, servers or, or things like that. There's a lot of IT. There's a lot of financial uh, management. You know, when you look at the list of the types of professions they need, uh, it really goes across the board uh, what is needed to, to run a, a facility like this. So, uh, you know, that that's a challenge, um, you know, uh, but uh, I think, you know, we have a few years before it gets open so we can work on that. And I think it'll, draw, it'll help, again, not just people in Bristol, but all throughout 
the Tri-Cities, Northeast Tennessee, into Southwest Virginia, uh, you know, at, at those kind of wages, I mean, people will be more than happy uh, to commute, um, sure. you know, uh, you know uh, to come here. They, they, after a while, they might decide to, to relocate and move a little closer. But, uh, you know, I think that was part of the original intent uh, with Mr. McLaughlin and Mr. Stacy is, you know, to provide that, that level of employment so that, as they said, they saw people, you know, in, in the, for decades, families that had worked in coal and now, you know, those jobs were going away. So what are these people going to do? Let's try to find something that could, could help give these people uh, a job and not just, you know, in Bristol, but the whole region. And, you know, what's amazing is when you look at that and you mentioned the legislation, you have, you know, from the General Assembly's side, you know, places like Bristol and yet in places like Portsmouth or, uh, you know, which is on the other side of the state uh, has uh, a different set of, of issues they are dealing with, but yet has similar outcomes, you know, high poverty, uh, things like that. And so to see legislators from different parts of the state come together uh, across party lines and, and work on legislation that help uh, is good. And then, you know, the money uh, that goes to the state, some of that is earmarked for school construction. Uh, so that uh, will help uh, all throughout the Commonwealth. And then the money, uh, there's a certain percentage uh, that uh, in Bristol's case won't go back directly to the, from the state funds the gambling funds won't go back directly to the locality, but will be shared with all the localities uh, in um, Southwest Virginia in the, the uh, VDOTS Bristol district so that uh, every locality in Southwest Virginia will receive something out of this. So again, it's, it's more of a regional uh, approach to try to, to help uh, not just Bristol, but the region. I mean, Bristol will benefit from local taxes, things like the mills tax, lodging tax, sales tax, real estate tax, but the gaming tax will help benefit, uh, in, in the case of the Hard Rock, the whole region. And, you know, the money that goes to the state will, will be set, a portion will be set aside for, uh, school construction. So, yeah. uh, yeah, rising tide lifts all boats. And that's, that's the, the really impressive thing about the project. And not just that everything was staying in Bristol, that it was, in fact, going to be spread around. And, uh, <clears throat> I, I, you know, when you look at 2,000 jobs at 45,000 average, if it turns out to be that, we're looking at $95 million in uh, fresh money coming in to be spent in the local economy, uh, just in uh, income alone. And I, I'm wondering, you know, I wanted to ask you if, was there any kind of studies that, showed um, not just those jobs directly related to the casino, but that maybe spill over and like um, jobs that, that kind of are created because of the casino outside jobs in Bristol or new, new businesses opening up in regards to this? Well, I, somewhere, and, and I, I couldn't tell you the number, but I think they have one of the early studies they did, they did like a multiplier effect of what, uh, not necessarily the, the, the workforce, but what the, the impact of just the spending 
that they anticipated uh, would have out there in terms of jobs. But, um, you know, there's a lot of existing small businesses, um, you know, during that, that will benefit during the referendum. They had a, a coalition of, of small businesses uh, throughout the city, a lot in, in our downtown that they could easily see the benefit of, of, you know, people coming here and they want a unique shopping or dining experience or, or, or something like that while they're here. So they could easily see how that would benefit their business. I know there are people uh, that have come up with, uh, you know, trying to think ahead, trying to think, be entrepreneurial, think about what kinds of goods and services that you'll need when these people get here. Uh, as well as just since the referendum, I saw uh, a news report uh, on the local news that was talking about uh, how real estate in that area of town, you know, a lot of people are, are buying uh, land, trying to, you know, uh, think about what could come. And as I told somebody before the referendum, if, if this passes, you know, that the next morning, get up, drive there, uh, if you're familiar with this area, you get off at the exit one, you go down a Gate City Highway and then kind of that part of West State Street and just drive around and look at it and then come back in about four or five years. I don't know what all that'll look like, but I can tell you there'll be a lot of growth, a lot of new businesses, a lot of new opportunities. And one thing that, that a lot of people mentioned to uh, during the referendum, as it looked like this would pass, is about housing. And so I know the uh, city staff is working to do a, a kind of housing study. What are the needs uh, in terms of the housing market so that we can work with developers and try to make sure uh, that those needs are met, uh, which I think we would need to do anyway, but especially with this opportunity, yeah. you know, you want to make sure – if you've got 2,000 jobs, I mean, you'll have new people uh, moving into the area and stuff. So you want to make sure that uh, you're, you're prepared to handle that. And so that's kind of one of the things that as a city we're looking at now is trying to think through what what do we need to be doing over, say, the next about 24 months? Because the next step in all this is um, – you know, um, we certified last week, we had a meeting certified uh, the Hard Rock as our provider uh, to the lottery board, and they're developing the regulations. Uh, and then we'll issue a, a license. Um, the hope is that um, they said it might take us far into uh, April of 2022 uh, before they get the license. But uh, if they can get that to open a temporary casino and begin to, to, to um, start utilizing a portion of that facility while they build out the rest, again, because they're not building a new facility from scratch, they're rehabilitating the existing facility, so they have space there. But that would uh, help start generating revenues uh, for the local government It would and the state. It would uh, give uh, people jobs. It would also allow the Hard Rock to come in and begin training people that then as they, uh, you know, open the full development, some of those people could, you know, you kind of like train the trainers. Those people could then move up and, and train other people as they expanded. Um, so we'll, we'll see, 
you know, how quickly they can do that, but they would like to get something going uh, quickly, but uh, they're looking at probably uh, the last I saw their timeline, uh, about a 24-month period uh, before they could get fully open, and then some of that, uh, like the hotel would be new construction. It may even be a little beyond that, but just to renovate them all and have uh, the restaurants and everything uh, open in there uh, about a 24-month period. Yeah. Now, the uh, 3D model uh, that I found online of, of the project looks amazing. And um, I, I did have a, another quick question for you. Um, it, well, first of all, let me kind of point this out. For folks who are looking to have some fun, this this was this sounded really impressive. By the time it's finished, it's going to have fifteen hundred slot machines, fifty five table games, a sports book, uh, a fifty thousand square uh, feet of meeting and event space, which really I think would put Bristol on the map to host some pretty big conventions, uh, na- nationwide conventions. Yeah, um, and you know that uh, I'll just add. I think there's a lot of. Uh, you know, during the referendum, that people talk about the jobs, the tax revenues, but there's so many things that you, you know, you can't quite put your finger on, knowing how it will help. But I think that is one thing that that will really help is that meeting space, not just to have uh, national type conventions and get people here, and you know, uh, this area, you know, we've got. The great music history. Uh, of course, we have large events at the Bristol Motor Speedway, just um, you know, a few miles down uh, the highway there on the Tennessee side. But it's really too. I think you know, one of the things is to get uh, other state and regional events. So you know, like the uh, Virginia Association of fill in the blank. Instead of going always to, to the eastern side of the state, to northern Virginia, Richmond, the Tidewater, now those people can come and have a venue and, and come to southwest Virginia, maybe see a little more of the state, learn a little more about it. And, and uh, you know, for some of these groups, I think that's there's a benefit to that, just having people come here and and see what this region really has to offer yeah yeah specifically for folks who and whether it's business or politics that really never get out of their bubble to see what happens out in southwest virginia they never really come past roanoke and that's that's a big deal they come to roanoke and they think they've gone to the edge of the world and, and it's like well you still got a, a good two, two and a half hours just to get to Bristol. If you really want to get to like Lee County or Wise County or Buchanan County, you still probably got four more hours. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it, I think it's going to be a great experience for a lot of people to learn, learn about Appalachia here, central Appalachia for, for starters, which is, which is a great thing. The, the other question I have, and I, I'm not sure there's really an answer to this because the, uh, I guess so people can understand the enormity of this project and, and the possibilities is, you know, when we think about Bristol, we always think about NASCAR. And, of course, that's on the Tennessee side. And that brings in a lot of revenue to the area when they have a race in, in normal times. How would the casino actually compare in that kind of, in that way, in that kind of economic scope to the to the racetrack, which is only a twice-a-year event? I, you know, I don't know... Uh, uh, seen and it's been a few years that they've done uh, an economic study and impact 
of all the spending for uh, the racetrack and, um, you know, tax revenues. Um, I mean, you see that throughout. Uh, it's not uh, what it was, say, a, a decade or so ago. Uh, you know, attendance has been going down this year, of course, because of COVID. Um, this has been really off. But in all the projections uh, with the casino, just based on, you know, I think they are estimating uh, between three and four million annual visitors to Bristol. The bulk of those coming from uh, outside the region, which again was one of those things that a lot of you mentioned before about poverty. They're like, you know, why would you put a casino in a high poverty area? Well, you know, and and some of that that the legislation and we talked to others about. You know, there's a certain amount that has to go towards um, gambling addiction and, and um, the proceeds to try to, to offset that to help people that might have problems. But really, the, the idea isn't for people in this area to, to be the main users. It's to bring people from outside. And, and you know, I, again, that helps a lot. One of the things you've got a, a airport just um, 15 minutes by interstate from the casino so you could have people flying in here or charter flights or things like that it's, it's literally um, you get off an interstate and within a minute you're at the destination so you're literally right by the uh, four-lane interstate um, but those people that come in between what they estimate on meals and lodging and other taxes you know you're looking at um, 15 to 20 million dollars just for the city of Bristol alone uh, in in taxes and so you know for us going forward once we start it'll still be a few years before we receive any of that revenue once they're up and running and fully going but once we can get that and see kind of what that is on a stable basis then that allows us to do a lot of things in terms of um, with our city employees uh, police, fire, first responders, potentially give raises, uh, potentially, uh, definitely uh, investments into our education system. Uh, you know, uh, one of the big things is uh, with Bristol and, and our financial situation, uh, begin to um, deal with our debt issues. So there's a lot of potential. Uh, I tell people it's not a silver bullet. It won't solve everything. But it will make things, it will give the city itself an opportunity to do things that right now we're constrained from doing because of uh, certain financial things. It'll give us more resources. And I think over time, it, it, it will just be help uh, strengthen the region. And the great thing is it, it plays on a lot of what our great strengths are, our, our location, our culture or heritage or outdoor recreation, the kind of things that would make people want to come here uh, to, to stay longer. You know, I think we've been working on that uh, as a city, as a region for years now. And this just elevates that up to, to a whole new level. Yeah, it certainly does. And, you know, everyone here, you know, certainly, uh, listening certainly appreciates your, the work you guys have put in to make this a reality. And I'm for one looking forward to seeing this open and uh, see what comes of it. If people want to follow along uh, the progress of this project and you know, people who maybe want to work there, 
where can the is there a website where people can follow along and and um, keep informed on this? That I don't know. I know they had a website for the referendum. Um, you know, there might be uh, for the the casino itself. I'm sure. You know, it's Hard Rock. You know, like I say, there there's you know this just became official about a month ago. So they're they're still working on their plans. Uh, you know, but um, that's one thing with, as a city, we'll, we'll help them as they get ready to hire people with if it's job fairs or things like that or vendor yeah. fairs, you know. So I would say, you know, you could always go to the city's website or, or social media that will make sure to make people aware of that because um, we want people to be aware and just really um, the, the local media, the uh, if you're in the region or even outside the region, the Herald Courier and uh, WCYB, WJHL, the TV stations have yeah. been very good about keeping people informed of, of what's going on with this. So, uh, and, and, you know, it's something that a lot of people, as I say, that they, they're, they're very excited. I mean, they see, you know, for when I first got on council, people weren't quite as excited about, about Bristol and, and, you know, I think we've made some things, uh, decisions over the last few years that, that have kind of turned the corner. And, uh, you know, this will really help us move forward very quickly uh, in a good direction if we can just uh, kind of get through uh, all the uh, issues with the pandemic and uh, hopefully uh, sometime in 2021, uh, it's, it looks like there may be the potential of vaccines and things. Hopefully, uh, we can get back uh, towards a, a more normal way of doing things. And I think it, you know, this will be a, a year or two after that. So it will really be a good shot in the arm uh, to help move not just Bristol, but but the whole region forward. Yeah, yeah, this is exciting stuff, certainly. And I appreciate you coming on to talk about it today and. And uh, you're welcome back anytime. Uh, anything you, know, you want to talk about on the show, just let us know. And well, uh, I, I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, you know, it, like I say, there, there is a lot of this. I would, I'll look after we finish talking to see if I can find you a website or, okay. or a URL to, to add to this when you put it up. Sounds good. And I'll go ahead and make sure we uh, post that up on our social media, our Facebook page uh, for the foundation. So uh, thanks again uh, for tuning in, everybody, and we will see you down the road.